Hello and welcome to the In The Pen podcast, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network. I am Jake Crumpler, filling in for Callan Eslogger, and I'm joined by Rick Graham, as always, the Pitcherless bullpen expert. How are you doing today, Rick? Uh, I'm doing great. Um, I'm happy to be back and, you know, getting into some all-star news to this week and, you know, just talking relievers in general again. Yeah, there was a, a a lot of stuff going on. We haven't we haven't recorded for for a couple of weeks or so, but there's been a lot of stuff going on even just in the past week. So as always, we'll we'll start with uh, three up and three down. Uh, who's rising in your closer uh, closer charts this week? Uh, closing time, excuse me. Um, I know we have three guys that uh, you have down on the uh, rundown of of guys that have been moving up your ranks, and uh, you want to go over those? Yeah. So. I guess they're not really moving up, but more so new additions to the list. Not not mm-hmm. a ton of names moved up the list this week, but um, you know, Kenley Jansen's coming back um uh, this week, kind of. And like one hand, I'm excited for that, and the other hand, I still I feel like a little like kind of nervous for him because I that 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 whole heart issue, and mm-hmm. it's it's not the first time he's missed time with that. It's it's a uh, it's a little it's obviously a scary thing to deal with, but it seems like he he threw a bullpen yesterday. Seems like he's ready to go. Um, so it'd be exciting to see him back closing out games for Atlanta. Uh, I may have prematurely put Corey Canable back on the list as he just pitched the sixth inning of the of it was kind of a big situation and he got out of a jam for the for the, for the Phillies. But it seems like they might be heading into a more of a three headed closer committee with. Canable, Sir Anthony, and uh, Brad Hand. Yeah, I feel like Canable's pitched really well lately, and I don't, I don't know if there's a chance for him getting his job back. But I feel like if there is one, it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Um, and then Texas, kind of that whole situation. Joe Barlow wasn't expe- I was not expecting him to get removed from the closer role anytime soon, <laughs> and so Brett Martin stepped in, and he's actually been really good lately and could have some sneaky you know mixed league you know you know value down Mm -hmm. at least currently maybe possibly throughout the rest of the season yeah definitely those are uh some great points i i I think jansen has been dealing with this stuff uh throughout the years at at least the last five years so it hasn't really been too serious i mean anytime you hear something that has to do with your heart you know you start Mm -hmm. getting a little bit worried but he seems to have been worked he seems to have been able to work through this in the past. So I'm hoping that he returns, you know, just as good as he was before because he was doing really well in that first half. And uh, in terms of Knable, he's been really good recently. I also, I too uh, was surprised to see you move him back into the closer spot in, in Philadelphia, but he has gone seven and two thirds scoreless innings over his past um, eight or nine appearances or so. Um, yeah. He only struck out seven guys and walked three guys during that time, but he allowed just one hit. So he's been really good and that was sort of the whole reason why he got taken out of the closer role because he wasn't good mm-hmm. <laughs> so but yeah i mean sir anthony dominguez i i think he deserves to stay in the role i mean i think he's yeah. better than canable in my opinion but you never know especially with philadelphia not having joe girardi there anymore you don't really know the uh what the manager there likes to do like we don't have any past precedent for for how he likes to deal with the closer role and brett martin is really interesting i think he has gotten each of the last three saves for the Rangers, which is pretty interesting because it seems to he's like immediately put in as a preferred option. And I don't think if you had asked anybody around the league, 
in any yeah. of, of your fantasy leagues or for pitcher lists like hey who do you think is going to be the closer if joe barlow is taken out i don't think anybody would have said brett martin i think they would have said dennis santana or even brock mm-hmm. burke maybe even matt moore but yeah brett martin is that guy and uh so far this year he's been um pretty good 2.89 era 1.18 whip he only strikes out 21.1 percent of batters but he gets ground balls over 55 percent of the time over 56 percent of the time and yeah i mean that's a uh, that's pretty good he uses a curveball 40 percent of the time yeah. so I mean, that's what you always talk about in your articles as well. Guys that use their breaking pitches more often can lead to breakouts. And that has seemed to be the case so far for uh, Martin in his fourth year in the majors. But yeah, so those are the three guys that we've got or that Rick has got, you know, added to the list recently. So now on the other side of the ball, we've got three guys moving down the list or I guess moving off of the list. And who are those three guys for you this week? So two guys that moved down, uh, Taylor Rogers has been, you know, he has been struggling lately and I'm a big Taylor Rogers believer. I've been a, you know, a fan of him for a while and he does have these, you know, where he's not a guy who gets a ton of swings and misses. He he is going to have these funks and I'm not overly concerned. I mean, it's been bad lately. It's, let me see. It's been, what was it? He's let up, I think it was, yeah. He's had up 13 hits and seven runs over his last 5.2 innings, which Yikes. is, yeah, I, that can't be doing that in a closer role. No. But I don't know. There's not much. I think they're going to ride with him. They're going to stick with him. There's not really a ton of competition there. They traded for him for this reason to be in this role. So I think unless it keeps going, I think they're going to try to st- stick it out with him. Um Camilo Duvall has kind of been a not a lot of talk. I've I haven't seen a lot of talk about him, but like he hasn't. He's got one save over the past three plus weeks. He's allowed six runs over his last six point one innings. Um, kind of pitching in all sorts of different situations. It's he's worked in the sixth inning a couple times. So I don't know. I'm not too worried about him from a like a from his stuff and how how talented he is, but it's it's you know it's Gabe Kapler and the Giants and yeah he's known to you know just on the on a whim you know move guys around in that bullpen and change their roles for whatever reason. So a little worried about him going forward. I mean, definitely not like droppable territory yet, but just a little concern. Um, and then yeah, Joe, Joe Joe Barlow getting knocked off the list because I, I get the hard hit rates have been pretty bad, but he's been mostly effective this year. And you like you said, like I was not going back to Brett Martin. I I don't think I think in the pitcherless Discord we were like ask we're t- we're like throwing around names as who's going to replace Barlow, and I think we named everyone in that bullpen except for Brett Martin, maybe. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It's kind of. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know how long this is going to last, but I think for now, I don't think Barlow is, I don't think you need to hold on to him in, you know, standard 12 team leagues at this point. Um, There is some talented other arms in that bullpen. So yeah, I don't, I feel like you can let him go at this point. Yeah. I'm, I read that they were taking Barlow out just to give him some time to rest. I mean, he's a young Mm. pitcher. I think he's 26 and they were already concerned before the season started about using him in, you know, high pressure situations that would sort of take his confidence away. So this seems like maybe give him a little bit of rest, give him a chance to get his confidence back. So there is 
a pretty big opportunity for him to come back into that role. But like you said, there's lots of really good guys in that bullpen. The Rangers are sort of have a chance at making the postseason as one of the last wildcard teams. So there's a chance that he gets there. But yeah, like, like you said, there's there's so many options there. They're, they're turning to Martin right now. There's, there's no guarantee that Barlow takes it back. Definitely don't drop in 15-teamers. I think wait a week yeah. or two, maybe wait till after the All-Star break. But if 12-teamers, you've got other choices out there. Brett Martin's out there. You might want to go with the hot hand. But as it comes to Taylor Rogers and Camilo Duvall, the only thing I see with them is that there's not really any clear replacement. For Duvall, mm-hmm. they just DFA'd Jake McGee from the Giants leaving you know Tyler Rogers and Dominic Leone as the top two options there. And in San Diego, it's like Luis Garcia yeah. and nobody else. So who do you think is the most dangerous at taking over each of their jobs? Or now that I make that point, do you think like, you know, maybe these guys aren't really at risk of, of losing their jobs anytime soon? Cause since there's not really anybody that could clearly take over quickly. Well, that's the thing, especially in, well, I guess like San, San Diego, there's, I don't see anyone. I don't. Drew Pomeranz still weighs away, and mm-hmm. then like he's not going to come back and just go right into the closer role. So, um, I don't really see anyone. Luis Garcia has been so up and down. He's been hot and cold. I, I I don't think they're you're making. I don't think that's a productive change to make there. So that's why I kind of feel like Rogers is safe and Duvall should be the same way because I, Ty, Tyler Rogers hasn't been pitching well for San Francisco for much of the season. And yeah, you got Leon, you got John Brebbia, but are those really guys you want to turn to in the closer role? But it's that the only reason why I'm a little hesitant with Duvall in San Francisco is because of Gabe Kapler's track record of kind of just you know confusing and mystifying people is like who he turns to in the closer role so if like john brebria ends up being the closer next week that's not it's kind of crazy but at the same time i'm not at this point i'm not surprised by like anything they really do with their bullpen yeah so i mean that'll finish up the three up three down there's not really any pertinent news going on right now we sort of covered it all with the three up three down but there are some bullpens that are you know in flux you got the uh the Rangers, obviously, like we just covered, the uh, the Rays are always going to be in flux, you know, maybe through the end of time and um, possibly even the Twins. But we'll cover a lot of these bullpens at the end with the What to Watch For segment. So stay tuned for the end of the podcast. But for now, we're going to take a quick break. All right. And we are back. On the In The Pen podcast, I am Jake Crumpler, joined by Rick Graham. Um, if you know too many Jakes, you can refer to me as Crump. I, I, that's my common nickname. But um, yeah, we've we talked about some news. We talked about some three up, three downs. But let's talk about some more exciting news in terms of uh, all-stars. We've just got the full rosters revealed, all the pitchers. So we, we thought it'd be a good idea to cover both the AL and NL all-stars, all-stars from both leagues. Um you want to run down those ones from the AL first, and then we'll hit the NL ones before covering some snubs, some guys who we think should have made it that didn't. Yeah, let's do that. I mean, the AL is an interesting one now that I'm just like looking at it. It's I don't think going into the start of the season, I would have picked any maybe one person on here I would have picked as representing the AL at the All-Star game. 
Um, but yeah, we got Clay Holmes, Jorge Lopez, Gregory Soto, and Emmanuel Classe. I, I guess I could have seen him at the beginning of the year as representing the AL in the All Star game. But Jorge Lopez is kind of a kind of the one that sticks out. This is Clay yeah. Holmes, his Clay Holmes like ascent to being basically the right-handed Zach Britton has been crazy to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, the, all those guys uh, I think are definitely deserving, but yeah, like you said, you don't really go into the season guessing that, you know, a, a setup guy for Araldis Chapman is going to become a mm-hmm. uh, all-star or that Jorge Lopez, a failed starter was going to turn into a relief ace in the bullpen. But I talked about this on one of my other podcasts. You know, who else was going to be the all-star for Baltimore other than Jorge Lopez? He's been pretty amazing. And it's pretty crazy that uh, Soto has made it in back-to-back years. But yeah, Clay Holmes is absolutely wild. You know, I mean, you know about him. (laughs) You do a lot of research on relievers, but an 83.3% ground ball percentage from Holmes is just absolutely mind-blowing. He's probably going to like set some sort of record with that, and it's not like that's the only thing he does. He also strikes out twenty seven percent of batters and doesn't walk anybody. So definitely deserving. I think all these guys are deserving. Like you said, lots of surprises here. Crazy that Soto has made two All Star teams at this point in his career. Yeah, but yeah, got any more things to say about those guys before he hit the National League? That's kind of the one that stands out to me is Gregory Soto, and I, I feel like he's not even. I mean, you can clearly see that there's a little bit bias towards, you know, closers and guys who get saves, uh, which, you know, I don't know. It's the way that how far the game has come and how there's like higher leverage relievers versus closers. Now, you would think that might have changed because I feel like Gregory Soto's at best the third, you know, best reliever on that team. And I, I don't you're not going to have Michael Fulmer or Alex Lang, you know, in the All-Star game. Sure. Um, but. I don't know. Soto, this is. That's also, you know, the Tigers need someone to represent them. So I get it. But I guess Miguel Cabrera ended up going. So did they even need Soto? I don't know. I, I feel like so. There's other relievers. We'll get into the snubs later, but there's other relievers from the AL that are probably more deserving than Gregory Soto, in my opinion. Definitely. All right. So here are those uh, National League closers that made the. Uh, all-star team. It's they're actually not all closers. We've got one guy who's not a closer, which is yep. going to be the most surprising. <laughs> Obviously, we got Josh Hader, one of the best closers in baseball. Edwin Diaz, maybe the best strikeout artist in the game. Ryan Helsley, who's you know really coming to his own this year. David Bednar, people like to call Yinzer Supreme, and we got maybe the biggest surprise on the entire all-star roster: Joe Mantiply of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Many people probably have never even heard this guy's name. Pretty sure he's still got at least a sub two ERA. I'm going to double check this, but do you have any thoughts on these guys? I I mean, there's probably lots to say about Mantiply. Who's (laughs) probably, he's probably never expected that he would be an all-star at any point in his career, but pretty crazy that uh, a setup man made it, especially a setup man for the greatest closer in baseball, Mark Melanson. I mean, yeah, it's, it's so funny reading those, those first four names and like, oh, these, these guys are huge, like up, like, high velo big strikeout guys and then you got joe mantiply as the fifth reliever and he's having a great year it's it's i mean i get i i yeah i can't really i honestly think he's more deserving than gregory soto um it's just it's just weird to see him and like but you look at his stat cast page and it's like off the outside of his k percentage everything else is you know and fastball velo everything else is you know 
98 100 percentile um makes you wonder how mark melanson still closing games for them but yeah mm-hmm. it's it'll be interesting to see and i see if a team like the diamondbacks you know i think next week we might talk about trade deadline stuff if uh they might try to try to move Mantiply it while his value is at its possibly highest right now. Definitely in the cards there for a guy who's 31 years old yeah. and is now you know getting the notoriety that he never had. He just doesn't walk anybody, and I think he has uh-huh. a funky delivery too. So that probably has led into all that. Um, now that we've covered both leagues, who are you most excited to see in the All Star game? I'll I'll, I'll start. Uh, I'm really excited to see Helsley. I'm not a Cardinals fan or anything. I just have him in my home league and I sort of picked him up, not on accident. I picked, I streamed him for a day because he had like a zero, zero ERA and then he threw 103 miles per hour. And I was like, I'm never dropping this guy. So I'm really excited for, you know, the whole world to see him throw over 100 miles per hour. Uh, who are you excited to see though? I think, um, yeah, like some of the underrated, uh, under the radar type guys like, David Bednar, who maybe not a lot of people have seen since he's pitching in Pittsburgh, or Emmanuel Classe, who's, you know, hopefully he's just going to come out and throw 102, 103 mile per hour cutters. And that should, you know, for the casual fan watching the All Star game, that, you know, that's obviously, obviously something that's going to, you know, pique their interest, hopefully. Definitely. So now that we've uh, covered all the guys that did make it, let's talk about the guys that didn't make it. And, Talk about some snubs from the All-Star game. You've got a list of four guys here, and I think it's a really good list. These were all guys that I was also thinking of. So let, let's just go one by one. I think all of these guys, yeah. since they didn't get honored in the game, I think they they get, they get deserve their due right here. And so let's start out with AJ Mentor of the Atlanta Braves. What are your thoughts on him right now as the closer in Atlanta with Jansen possibly coming back? But also what makes you think that he was snubbed? Yeah, he's kind of, you know, the Braves had an, un- their, their bullpen kind of saved them last, they, they, their bullpen was, they don't want to say saved them, but their bullpen was a large part in the reason of, you know, why they won the World Series. And I think they were kind of some under the radar names there, like, you know, Tyler Matzik, but he's been hurt this year and Minter's kind of been the one filling the void and holding that whole group together. And, you know, from a numbers wise, he's been... 49 strikeouts over 37 innings whips under one era under two he only has the three saves but he's got a bunch of holds he's been great he's been filling in for canley jansen um this is kind of where i i think that you know these non-closer relievers get undervalued and i feel like they need to the you know choosing relievers they need to start taking you don't even have to take holds that seriously but just you know overall numbers and mm-hmm. like AJ Minter deserve I know there's a lot of t- like talented guys on the Braves roster to represent them but AJ Minter I feel like got snubbed this is one of the biggest snubs in the NL this year definitely he's got a 1.70 ERA a 34 and a half percent strikeout rate and that comes with just 4.2 percent walks against batters he is really good and he's been really dominant this year and you know, it, it, you can't really call him a non-closer reliever because he has been yeah. closing recently. He's got three saves. So I think he definitely deserved consideration. It's really hard to fit everybody on the rosters, especially 
relievers because there's so many of them that are deserving. But yeah, I mean, the, the four that we're talking about right now, especially Minter, they have been more than deserving. The next guy we've got on the list is Michael King of the New York Yankees. He started off the season as like a long reliever and he was a starter even before this year, but he took the league by storm just right off the bat. And he's, I, I sort of thought he was going to be one of those relievers that does really well for a month. And then the league sort of figures yeah. him out, uh, turns it around and, and he sort of is not as good as he was in the first month, but he's really been solid the rest of the year. He hasn't been as crazy as he was, but he's been really solid. Uh, you got any thoughts on Michael King? Yeah, I think, this is yeah, kind of a different reliever where he might not be getting he's not racking up a ton of holds or saves. He's but he's able to work, you know, multiple innings. And that really, I think, is a big underrated factor when we're looking at relievers. And he's got 62 strikeouts. He's he's put he's thrown 46.1 innings, which is, you know, and more than a lot of other relievers. And he still has, uh, you know, his K rate in the 96th percentile, whiff rate in the 97th percentile. He's getting a ton of swings and misses. Um, kind of like their new Chad Green, like Chad Green kind of transition. He Chad Green came yeah. up. He was, you know, they thought he was going to be a starter, and then kind of transitioned to long relief, middle relief, and then just ended up being that, you know, guy you can trust in the sixth, seventh inning to to keep them in games for the for the later innings. And it's kind of where King's at now. And again, just like kind of an under rated reliever position got um option right now that they get like over Gregory Soto I think Michael King probably is you know the better reliever mm-hmm. is is Gregory Soto the only tiger that made it I think that's the reason why he's on there well I don't know if Miguel Cabrera counts since he oh true like honorary yeah I didn't I even think about that yeah, yeah no that's that's very true I don't know I, I wonder <laughs> if if that if that goes for that but yeah I mean I guess yeah. Joe Mantiply made it because the Diamondbacks don't have <laughs> any legends yeah. right now. Um, but yeah, Michael King sort of just adds to the just, I don't know, treasure trove of Yankees yeah. pitchers. They they are just loaded. They just got too many guys out there. It's sort of not even fair. The fact that, you know, you got Aaron Judge hitting 30 home runs and John Carlos Stanton out there. And then you pair that with rotation. That's really good. And then you also mm-hmm. get to say, oh, you know what? We also got Araldis Chapman, Clay Holmes, and Michael King. So the Yankees are looking pretty good right now if i have to say so myself and, and um, eliza goes coming back soon too so. yeah i mean they're, they're without zach Britton too who you mentioned yeah, earlier yep. so yeah <laughs> they're they're really just unstoppable they've been really good at pitching development especially this year all of their guys are pretty much reaching their ceilings which is what you want to see especially as guys who talk about relievers it's a lot easier to talk about good ones than it is to talk about bad ones um <laughs> but yeah so let's move on to the third guy we're moving to a national league guy we've got uh, I guess this is the second National League guy. We're switching off. Um, we got Devin Williams of the Milwaukee Brewers. He is known for his incredible 2020 season and also his airbender changeup, which is basically a screwball and one of the most devastating pitches in baseball. But he has been unstoppable this year. And I think it's been going sort of by the wayside because he does not get saves. He does have five saves, which is more than both Michael King and Minter combined. But mm-hmm. when you have Hater out there, you don't really think about the rest of that bullpen because hater so good but Devin Williams is insane do you think that with haters contract coming up that Devin Williams is going to be like one of the most coveted closers maybe in the next year or two and how do you feel about him being snubbed from this all-star game yeah I think once or if he ends up taking over the closer role there or if he's closing anywhere I think 
he becomes a top five closer easily. Um, you know, he he started he had a, a rough April, and then since then he's been absolutely. I mean, he's been the best, definitely the best non closer reliever in baseball since then. And I know, yeah, saves are what gets people gets get people into the all-star game, but he's leading the league in holds with 22 holds and plus the five saves. So he's got 27 saves plus holds, which I'm pretty sure looking at it right now, I'm pretty sure that leads the league in combined save plus holds. I'm pretty sure he leads the league in that. So, cause Hader has 26 right. saves. So I think he's, he's, I don't want to say he's underrated cause people have known, known him for a while now, but like, this was the year I think he deserved to be in the all-star game. Uh, his K percentage is currently third amongst all relievers. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. I mean him and Hater both probably should have been in the all-star game. Yeah. I think you sort of can say he is underrated though, in the same way that people talk about Jose Ramirez in that he's not talked about enough. Jose Mm. Ramirez is really good. I think he's one of the best players in baseball, but he's not really in that conversation. He's talked about a lot as somebody who's really good, but I don't think he's talked about enough as, you know, top five, top 10 base player in baseball enough where it's like the same for Devin Williams. He's so good. He's obviously talked about enough. He's got tons of gifts on pitching ninja but i don't think people talk about him as like a top five top 10 reliever because he's not the closer on his team he may not be the best reliever on his team but when you're mm-hmm. striking out 41 percent of batters that's just <laughs> that's insane uh yeah you don't normally see that when we talk about minter and his 41 percent or his 34 percent strikeout rate and how that's really good 40 percent is just bonkers but it's all thanks to that changeup. I think it's yeah. got a 38.6% CSW. Thank you, Pitcherless Player Pages, for <laughs> that. But yeah, that's a that's a really good 38.6 is really good. If if you're not up to date with CSW, 30% is really good. So when you're getting near 40% on a pitch that you use 50% of the time, that's a that's pretty dang good. Um, but lastly, among the relievers who were snubbed, we've got John Schreiber of the. Boston Red Sox, Rick's favorite team, and he has been incredible this year. Uh, he's a side armor, right? Yeah, it's like a funky three quarters sidearm delivery. It's it's mm-hmm. it's it's definitely different. Yeah, yeah, he's been really good. His ERA and WHIP match each other, and neither of them yeah. are above zero point seven. If that tells you how, <laughs> if if I think that's good, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's he's something else. He he uses uh, a few pitches, four seamer, slider, sinker, change, and a curveball. So he does everything. But he's sort of like Tyler Rogers. If Tyler Rogers wasn't as crazy with his delivery, and if he was actually good. <laughs> but um, yeah, what what makes you think that Schreiber should have been in the All Star game? Yeah, I mean, just like the numbers are, they speak for themselves. I mean, it. it 29 innings, 30 games, and he's got a 0.62 ERA and a 0.62 whip. And it's not like he's, he is kind of, he's a ground ball pitcher. He's got 57% ground ball rate, but he's able to get swings and misses too, which kind of sets him apart from like, you know, Tyler Rogers or, uh, you know, an Adam Simber who is kind of, Simber is another person who could have been on this, this snub list. He's had a good year. Um, but it's and you can kind of see with the Red Sox, they brought him up and he didn't come up until May. So I think that's part of the reason why he may have gotten snubbed here. But even when he came up, I mean, this is a guy who, by all accounts, was a journeyman, you know, 28 years old, pitching in AAA and the Red Sox take a chance on him in May. And 
throw him right into a save situation within, I think it was either his first game up or a second game up. And they, you can kind of tell from that, from that point on too, that they trusted him in high leverage sp- spots and he's really come through and saved this bullpen from being a complete disaster at times when they, you know, they, they were, they went through some, some tough times. Oh yeah. Of, you know, with not having Whitlock back there when he was in the rotation. And then, you know, eventually they put Hauk back in the bullpen to kind of, shore things up but Schreiber's the one who's been ke- keeping them together and he's I think deserving deserves an all-star you know an all-star chance that would be mm-hmm. a great story too yeah definitely a stabilizing presence out there in Boston I think the craziest thing about him so far is he throws 94 and a half miles per hour which is not blowing anybody away definitely would blow me away and probably mm-hmm. rick I, I i think you might yes. be a good hitter so <laughs> make some contact there but yeah that's not that's not the upper echelon but if you're not looking at it right now what do you think his swinging strike strike rate is on that 94 and a half mile per hour fastball um I can't. I don't know. It's got to be under twenty percent. I. It is under, but it's it's nineteen point nine percent. So that's still insane. That's in, especially for a fastball that doesn't come yeah. in. You know, blowing your socks off. So I mean, Pitcherless has that as the sixth best among relievers. So wow. I mean, that's pretty good, especially when you got guys like Helsley who average like ninety nine miles per hour on their fastball, and you got somebody like Schreiber up there blowing guys away with a mid nineties fastball. Pretty crazy, especially to be able to throw that fast from that arm angle, but that's going to cover the four big snubs from the all-star game. And there were still a few more that we didn't want to go unmentioned because, you know, if you're talking about snubs, you can't snub snubs, you know, Um, (laughs) not really fair to these guys, but yeah, so we got a couple closers. We got a couple guys who have filled in as closers. We got a couple honorable mentions. Uh, I see you changing that. That was Scott Barlow. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah but, Scott Barlow. We're, we're <laughs> yeah, so we we've got uh, I think seven, eight mentions. Uh, Scott Barlow of the Royals, Rafael Montero of the Astros, Sir Anthony Dominguez of the Phillies, Jason Adam of the Tampa Bay Rays, Felix Bautista of the Orioles, Evan Phillips of the Dodgers, Paul Sewald, Sewald of the Mariners, and Eli Morgan of the Guardians. Do you want to pick? one or two of these guys that you think maybe had has had the best season so far among these names? Um, I guess, I mean, Jason Adams has been sneaky as is Evan Phillips kind of has been mm-hmm. just a name that no one really has talked about, but he's, I get one of those guys was kind of kept. He's been the, the, the linchpin of that, uh, that Dodgers bullpen this year when they dealt with so many injuries and, Craig Kimbrell's had his ups and downs, so he's obviously an interesting name. You know, Seawald we've we've seen before, and he's really he deserves to be in the All Star game sooner rather than later. Um, Barlow's kind of snuck up on 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 a lot of people. I think he he started off slow and kind of you know has turned it around lately. Um, yeah, I mean Eli Morgan's another one of those guys who doesn't really get a lot of holds or saves or anything but he just Mm. like ratios are great strikeout numbers are great he just you know keeps the keeps the guardians in ball games and there's should be value in that and and when we talk about representing like having the best pitchers represent the league their leagues you know so that kind of brings me to what to my next point which is i don't understand how the 
Well, we can talk about how the makeup is of the all-star game relievers. If you have anything to say about these guys that we just talked about. Um, yeah, I mean, I was I was also going to mention Eli Morgan. So you covered that. But I, I think Rafael Montero has been pretty crazy too. sub two ERA. That's mm-hmm. always pretty good. Gets a lot of ground balls, gets a lot of strikeouts. Definitely has been stabilizing a bullpen that sort of needed it with uh, your cover boy of, of closing time yeah. this week. Ryan Presley sort of being on, on, on shaking, shaky ground across the first month of the season, but he's definitely turned it around. But yeah, um, you got any, let, let's, let's hear your thoughts on, on the roster discrepancies for the all-star game, because I <laughs> wasn't totally sure about this either. Well, I think so. The AL has nine starters and four relievers. And I feel like that's, I mean, obviously if you're a, from a major league roster standpoint, that's a little, that doesn't make sense. You have, more clear closer to five starters and eight relievers if you're going to go with 13 pitchers. So I understand that like starters get a lot of the, you know, attention. They get a lot of the acclaim, but for, I guess for the purposes of the actual game itself, I feel like it makes more sense to maybe move closer to like five starters and eight relievers. And, you know, I, it's obviously not something pe- people want to see the big name starters throw. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand that, especially if like Otani's in the game or DeGrom, Scherzer. But um, I think it would be from just a baseball standpoint, watching, you know, some of these relievers that didn't make it. And plus the, re- the relievers who did make the team, you know, like the NL could roll out eight relievers that are just absolutely, I mean, they could probably, they probably could throw a no hitter against an all-star lineup, you know, like with Hader, Diaz, Helsley, Bednar, Devin Williams, Minter. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so much talent there that um, I feel like there's just un- they're underrepresented a little bit. Yeah, but I I do see the starting pitcher you know appeal, and that's those are the guys who get the big innings, the most innings. So I get it. Definitely, I I think as a fellow reliever writer, I would love to see you know a whole bullpen game, but that might yeah. really upset Nick. <laughs> I know how he feels about bullpen games, so he might really you know lose his lose his mind if if just a whole bunch of relievers are trotted out there but you know as we've seen in baseball recently that seems to be the most effective strategy if you want to win games so if you're really trying to win the all-star game even though it's not going to get you home field advantage anymore that might be the the way to go so maybe they're just trying to keep people from doing that i mean technically it is already a bullpen game nobody's pitching more than an inning anyway so i don't know yeah i i didn't know if there was a if there was like you had to have a certain number of starters and relievers before that, but it, it does seem like it, it's sort of getting out of whack that like only a few relievers from each league are going to be honored. But maybe yeah. as the starters, as we get closer to the game and starters, you know, pitch the weekend oh. right before the all-star game that they're taking yeah. off, maybe they'll be replaced by relievers, but I don't know. We, we, we just saw some replacements for some of the other start uh, starters, but, not not starters. I mean, all star starters, as in mm-hmm. batters. And it was like uh, Garrett Cooper and JD Martinez yeah. <laughs> were replacing some guys. And I was like, "Whoa, where is Ty France? Why is he not getting Are honored still- here?" Austin Riley. Yeah, I know. I don't know how Riley. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, th- yeah, that's a that's a whole nother podcast. This is a bullpen <laughs> podcast. Keep those hitters out of here. But yeah, I mean, th- that's basically all there is to talk about for the all star news that that game is going to be coming up. What is that? The eighteenth or something? a week from oh next tuesday so yeah Yeah. i believe it's the 18th yes okay cool yeah i'm uh i'm excited for that excited to see some stars make their way to dodger stadium 
some place that I hope to never appear in. Sorry, <laughs> Dodgers fans. <laughs> but um, yeah, so th- that's going to cover the main segment of our podcast today. So now it's time to you know close out the podcast with our what to watch for segment where we talk about the bullpens that you want to keep an eye on as a fantasy manager going into the final week or so before the all-star game. These bullpens are in flux. These bullpens are sort of all over the place right now. Some of them have underachieving closers and some of them just have lots of options out there. And some of them, you know, like the Reds maybe <laughs> are just have just been all over the place for the entirety of the year. So yeah, who, who, what uh, team are you watching for this week? Uh, yeah, there's a couple. I mean, we kind of talked about Texas and Philadelphia already, and those are obviously situations to monitor to see who kind of, you know, takes over, who, who kind of runs away with the jobs there. But um, some teams we didn't mention, and Minnesota, we've I think we talked about every week so far on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like there's a new competition for Emilio Pagan or for uh, Joe and Duran and it's not Emilio Pagan it's actually Tyler Duffy who's been pitching really well lately and you know going back a few years he has been one of you know my favorite he was never really a closer but one of my favorite holds targets and he's uh he's kind of like perked my ears up a little bit lately he's been pitching really well I still like Duran in that bullpen, but uh, Duffy got the last save, so maybe he works his way into this committee or can just you know take over the role altogether, as they seem to be kind of shying away from Duran in the closer role. Um, Seattle's another one, like Paul Sewell, I thought was kind of running away with it, and then Diego Castillo got a save this week. I think that was just giving Sewell some time off, but still, it just interested to see if you know how how this kind of ends going into the all-star break with um those two um the dodgers i mean craig kimbrell's been kind of a mess and mm-hmm. he's been banged up he's bruce dark gratterall's got two saves the, in the past week is is gratterall a legitimate threat to to kimbrell here and that's really kind of an intriguing um story to to follow and seeing where that goes into the all-star break and yeah, Cincinnati another one that's been on this list all the time. And Alexis Diaz finally, he came back off the, um, IL Hunter Strickland is technically the closer for now, but is that going to last? Cause I think it's pretty safe to say Diaz is the most talented reliever in this bullpen. Yeah. So yeah, those are, those are some, some teams, some situations to look at, you know, as we go into the all-star break and then, you know, try to figure out, second half bullpens and who who's going to be the closer and what situation and what team um going forward yeah definitely after uh our next podcast we'll we'll be covering the guys who might be traded and who might be set up to take over closer roles so that's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on so maybe you can you know get ahead of maybe your fantasy managers that listen to this podcast um by going out and doing your own research there but we'll definitely help you out next week with that i totally agree with you on all of your ideas about all these bullpens i think the reds bullpen has just been absolutely crazy the fact that hunter strickland with his 4.99 era and 17.8 percent strikeout rate has been the closer for a couple weeks now just tells you all you really need to know about 
the situation going on there. I think one that maybe is not something to watch for, but is somebody to stay away from is if you've got Tanner Rainey on your team, which I do in my home yeah. league. So I, I'm, I'm speaking from experience. His team is really bad and he is like a solid reliever, but he's not the most dominant reliever. He's not a guy that you would roster as a setup man. I don't think in holds leagues, I, I think he would be sort of up there, but even in, the nationals they just they're not that great he they don't get that many save opportunities and he has not been closing them down you know with ease every single time and he's not getting a million strikeouts or or sporting a sub one era so i think if you do have uh fellow fantasy managers in your league that are interested in acquiring a closer and you're in sort of a shallow league definitely 10 teamers try to trade him because you should be able to get at least something back, maybe go for a bat or, or an unheralded starter because there's got to be guys on the wire that are better than what he's doing right now. I think if Dominguez is on the wire, that that that's some guy who I think you should go for. I've mentioned this in, in my reliever ranks before that uh, you, you, not to stay away from Tanner Rainey because if you're in a 15-teamer or even a 12-teamer like I am in my home league, he is a guy that's been sort of good for you if you didn't draft any good closers. But yeah, and then... Like you said, you you want to keep an eye on the the Rangers bullpen right now. It seems like Brett Martin is the guy who's favored right now, but he's a lefty. You never really know with uh, left-handed closers what's going to happen there. But yeah, that is uh, those are the the bullpens to watch for right now. I think uh, it, it's going to be another interesting week of baseball coming up. I did want to note that the last time we recorded, we covered AL uh, dark horse candidates for the closer. Mm. Do you remember who I mentioned for the A's? Oh, that's a, did you bring up Trevino again? Didn't I, you? Did. <laughs> I did. I you said, did. I said, hey, th- this one might be controversial. He's been terrible this year, but I, I, I keep an eye on Trevino. He's the only one with experience there. And guess who has gotten all the last like four or five saves for the A's? It's Trevino. I feel like Nostradamus right now. I, if, if that doesn't give credence to my, uh, my recommendations on these podcasts and in reliever ranks. I don't know what else will, but yeah, that's a, that was a really good call. He's been, yeah, he's been good too, since he came back Uh for the most part. So yeah, that's, that's definitely someone to, um, to keep an eye on and add if you're, you know, looking for saves, cause they're really, they're rolling with them. They're they're like, they, they, it hasn't been anyone else. It's just been him in the role. So yeah, it's a good call. Yeah. I mean, and even if you look at his underlying statistics, not to drag on the podcast too long, but Trevino is possibly having his best season. Obviously, last year, if you look yeah. at results, it's like 22 saves, 3.18 ERA. That's got to be his best season. But no, his XFIP is like a run lower. Last year it was 4.48. This year it's 3.25. So he's obviously with his 6.66 ERA, definitely getting really unlucky this year. He's featuring an increased strikeout rate by a lot. Last year, he only struck out 21.5% of batters. Now he's at 28.5%. So I I think he's really having his best season this year, and he's sort of just been unlucky. His BABIP is 472. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, it sounds pretty unlucky. He's got a 63.5% left on base rate as well. So he's been getting really unlucky. So this is how you find underrated relievers is you look at their skills and you tell yourself, Hey, like it's going to turn around with small samples. You can always have things go bad for a little while because in a small sample, you can have bad luck for the entirety of the sample and it won't ever even out, but Mm -hmm. we still have half of the year left. We still have half a year for Trevino to retake that closer role, especially because I don't know, I'm not, I'm not sure many other teams are going to be looking into trading for him, especially since he's still got, 
two more years of control after this year. So I don't think the A's are going to look to trade him right now. So I think he is the best choice as the closer there. So if you're really desperate or even if you're just trying to stay ahead of the stay ahead of the game right now, then definitely go pick up Trevino. But other than that, you have any closing thoughts for the podcast today, Rick? Um, no, that that's nothing really. That's a good call on Trevino though. I, I, I've noticed the strikeout rate has been like, it's always kind of, it's been like the one thing that whenever I look at it into him, I'm like, Hmm, he's still getting like these swings and misses at like a really high rate compared to his, you know, his past couple seasons. And, like everything else looks bad, but yeah, like the, at least he's got that going for him. So maybe he turns things around. And like you said, it's like we're, we're talking about relievers, like one bad half seasons, like just it's only like 25 to 30 innings, you know, so like things can turn around quickly. And yeah, so for looking forward to the second half, you know, it's almost like you have to take it as like a different season altogether uh, post all-star break, especially after the trade deadline when there's so much movement. So um yeah that and tanner rainey right i think tanner rainey is the most frustrating reliever mm-hmm. or closer at least in baseball right now and it's partially on him it's partially on the nationals and yeah it's just like i always wanted him to be like the dominant closer that he you know he's shown that he the talent is there to be but it just hasn't all added up and he's he's just kind of in closer limbo right now in a bad team and he's kind of middling himself. So yeah, something something to not really anyone you need to to roster at this point and that's it is what it is. Yes, definitely somebody to keep on your rosters and fifteen teamers, but anything lower than that, maybe start to shop him, especially before we get to the deadline where yeah. You know, a lot of closer roles are going to open up where people are going to have options. Maybe right now they don't think they're going to be able to add a closer to their team when in fact they will in just a couple of weeks and just a few weeks mm-hmm. when all these things are shaken up. There's going to be lots of closers. People always forget that. I think that in uh, especially in fab leagues, they don't save enough fab uh, looking at me here. <laughs> they don't save enough fab for when all the closers are going to be available right after the deadline. So that should be interesting. But yeah, definitely get ahead of the game while people are desperate. But that is going to do it for the podcast. Is there anything you want to plug before I send the listeners home? <laughs> um, nothing in particular. You know, it's you can you find our stuff on pitcherlist.com uh, mm-hmm. and you know, reliever ranks have been churning along. You and the rest of the team have been doing a great job. Thank you. Um, oh, I think we all need to, you know, look at those those are those are great to look at daily. Mm-hmm. Um along with, you know, whatever else we put out weekly and it's going to be an interesting this month and obviously interesting July. It always gets kind of gets me amped up going into July when you, the trade deadline, you know, weeks away. That that always gets me, especially for we talk about relievers because so much can change there. If, you know, a closer gets traded and that, that impacts, you know, all sorts of things. So, yeah, looking forward to to the coming weeks in the All-Star game and the trade, de- trade, de- trade deadline. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, yeah, well... You can uh, find my work on Pitcher List as well. I'll be writing the reliever ranks just right after this. So that'll be coming out on Wednesday along with this podcast. And then I should be doing the reliever ranks the next day. And then, ne- no, not the next day too. Just two days in a row. And um, you can find the rest of my work at theathleteshub.org as well. I've got a podcast over there. And I write for Baseball HQ, but that requires a subscription. So unless you got money or a real need for some great 
fantasy advice and content, then go over to Baseball HQ there. But yeah, all our stuff is free on PitcherList.com. Yeah, bro, it is worth it. I got a free free subscription to the website. That that website is crazy. But is. yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Jake Crumpler, and you can follow Rick at I am Rick Graham. But that is going to do it for the Independent Podcast, and you can catch us next week.